Hello and welcome to a very snowy weekly MTG, which is why we're all in various places here. Uh, I am coming to you from inside Renton's headquarters because I, I don't know why I shouldn't. It's snowing. It's snowing out there. Ian was talking about his, his hill has already piled up high with snow. But uh, so he's, he's safe and warm at home and Kiritz and I are out in the wilderness. Uh, we'll see how that goes, but that's not what we're going to talk about today. Uh, today is a monthly announcement today day, and it's been a while since we've had Chris Kiritz and Ian Adams on the show to talk about Arena, and uh, we're going to talk about Alchemy, we're going to talk about Explorer Anthology 2. Uh, the way we've got the show set up today is that if you're here for previews, we're going to do those right at the top of the show. We got uh, three previews each from Explorer Anthology 2 and from Brothers War Alchemy. We're going to go through those. We're going to talk about some of the philosophies behind either the designs or the inclusions, uh, as it were. And then uh, Kiritz and Ian are going to stick around and we're going to talk about one year in for Alchemy. It has been about a year since Alchemy kicked off. We're going to talk about things that we've learned, uh, things that are coming and uh, answer some of your questions. So definitely stick around for that. Before we get to any of that, just a little bit of news. Uh, reminder that MagicCon Philadelphia tickets are going on sale December 1st. That's this week. Uh, we are very excited for MagicCon Philly. Uh, it won't be snowing there by the time we get there, hopefully. And uh, we're all looking forward to another MagicCon. So check out tickets available December 1st. Uh, beyond that, yesterday, speaking of snow and the holidays, we released the first image of the Wizards of the Coast holiday card, Chaos Wrap. It is two in a red for an instant. It's got that acorn symbol down at the bottom. The owner of Target Permanent shuffles it into their library. They look at the top card of their library and they may wrap it. If it's a permanent card, they may put it into the battlefield. Otherwise, they put it onto the battlefield face down as a 4-4 red present creature. And to wrap a card, put it inside lots of sleeves. The technical term, lots of sleeves. If it would be dealt damage or destroyed, remove a sleeve from it instead. So uh, we do these holiday cards every year, and we give them out to partners that we work with, people we like, um, local game stores, that sort of thing. And uh, we, just, we just have a good time with it. All right, let's start by talking about Explorer Anthology 2. I know a lot of people have been excited to see what the next drop for Explorer Anthology is going to be. Um, so let's start by giving a quick overview, and then I'll let Ian speak. Uh, so Explorer Anthology 2 sort of have, has 25 cards. We're going to get to that in a moment. Uh, the bundle price is going to be 4,000 gems or 25,000 gold, which gets you a playset of four copies of all of the cards. You can also craft individual cards using wild cards, the appropriate rarity. Um, and there's going to be, you know, we're, we're going to talk about this in a sec, but there's sort of three main categories. There's pioneer staples, there's things that fill in the gap in the current Explorer metagame, and then some fun cards besides that. So, um, Ian, first of all, Let's talk about that. I, I hinted that there was some weirdness to the 25 cards. Can you tell us a little bit about what uh, what I'm hinting at there? Uh, yeah, you're hinting at the fact that while there are 24 cards in the bundle, everybody will be getting that 25th card uh, because, as is our tradition, we always give out 
basic lands for free. And the basic land we're including with this is Wastes. Okay. Uh, I think we have adding... the image of Wastes. Yep, there it is. So yeah, Wastes will be, be added as of this drop, which, by the way, is coming out December 13th. Not sure I said that. Um, so it's part of this drop, but you don't have to purchase the bundle to get the Wastes, correct? Exactly. If you're playing at the time, we'll just give you a Wastes. Cool. So, Ian, tell us a little bit about um, how cards were selected for this drop, what some of the philosophies were, that sort of deal. Sure. Um, as you kind of indicated at the top, we're, we're always looking to fulfill multiple goals when we do uh, these anthology sets. You know, there are cards that get added because they're an important part of the meta. There are cards that get added because they are part of, even if they're not currently being played in meta decks, they are part of the feel of that format. They're, some, they're part of that format's history, you know. Um, adding Charmagoyf to Historic, to me, is an example of that, mm -hmm. where even if Charmagoyf isn't making waves in current metas, uh, the kind of thing that we want to do over time. Uh, and then there are cards that get added because uh, they're a fun card, and we think that somebody will want to play with them. We, we don't just want our formats to be exactly the cards needed to craft meta decks and nothing mm -hmm. else we want people to be able to express themselves that's a big part of magic that's why a lot of people play it so you get cards like uh the shrine commander mm -hmm. that we brought in from commander uh just knowing you know there's people out there who are excited to play with that card whether or not it's going to be something that takes them to mythic okay so let's talk about the first um of our preview cards which is not um it definitely has that historic bent to it. Pe people come down on both sides of this card, but let's show off our first preview card from Explorer Anthology 2, which is Reflector Mage. Uh, this was a card that was actually banned in standard for a little bit. Yeah. Um, Reflector Mage definitely kind of falls into that second category of, it's not exactly seeing meta play right now. I, I doubt anybody's jumping up and down right now going, oh my god, I get to play my reflector mage deck at long last <laughs> uh at the same time i think it's important to have cards like that and and have that history that magic has uh represented on arena mm -hmm. and i'm sure actually you know when i'm being honest it's blue white somebody out there is thrilled that they get to play reflector mage there will be i've already i've already seen a couple comments in chat about reflector mage coming back it you know it was definitely a polarizing card when it was around uh it probably sure. was unfairly banned at the time um, but, you know, it's, it does see some play in some humans lists here and there, and maybe it makes some waves in Explorer. We'll see. All right, let's look at our next card. So, um, you know, you may have seen a hint of this when we showed that Wastes is going to be in the set, uh, but this next card is Thought Not Seer. So, Ian, what role is this one playing? Besides being really creepy. Uh, Thought Not Seer is another, one of those cards that starts to, to fill in a type of deck you can't make right now in Arena. Uh, and the, the goal here is to try to open up what you can do, and, uh, you know, that's sort of the idea behind including colorless at all, is uh, that's a meaningful option in Pioneer, and it's not something you can do in Arena right now, and we want to... Uh, 
increase the breadth of decks that people can build. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eldrazi is not like you said, it's it's not a meta deck in Pioneer right now, but Thought Knots here is obviously a very powerful card. And it's kind of one of those yeah, strategies absolutely. that's sort of waiting in the wings for something to happen. And mm -hmm. yeah, I could see some people sleeping this up, especially now that we have the pain lands. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know what? Let's just let's stick on this colorless train because our, our final preview for Explorer Anthology 2, uh, we're only showing off three cards today, but there will be more to come before the set releases on December 13th, uh, is another card that produces colorless mana and a staple of a lot of archetypes, Mutavolt. Uh, I mean, I think this one pretty much speaks for itself. Nobody is sad to be getting a really good creature land. Mm -hmm. that adds colorless yeah uh yeah this is, it's, it's a good card that i think people are excited to have well and i think not only does it add to you know helps with the colorless strategy but it goes in a lot of creature type matters decks so if, if someone is playing blue white humans or elves or whatnot mutable often has a place there yeah, one mana for whatever creature type you want is uh, always a pretty good deal. And you put it down for free, and it's safe from wraths. And, it, you know, mm -hmm. well, no, one meter buff's good. It's a good card. Okay. Uh, is there any... So that's the last of our Explorer Anthology preview cards. But, Ian, is there is there anything, um, as we roll out more of these cards, that fans should look forward to for this drop? Um, I, I think the big thing I would say is there's a pretty clear theme that we've nodded at already with this handful of cards. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you're going, hey, I, I see a theme, you're right, <laughs> you do see that theme. Uh, and look forward to uh, some more cards in that vein. All right, cool. Yeah, so that, again, Explore Anthology 2 releases December 13th. It's certainly going to shake up the Explore metagame. Uh, bundle price is 4,000 gems or 25,000 gold which gets you four copies of each of those cards. Um, and of course you can craft each of the cards with the appropriate rarity. Okay, let's now move on to Brothers War Alchemy. So Brothers War Alchemy also releasing December 13th. Uh, this will be a set of 30 cards. It's collectible via Alchemy uh, Brothers War boosters. There's also gonna be a limited play component that um, you all have recently rolled out. And uh, I, I have a note here that the um, Alchemy Brothers War boosters will count towards the new Golden Pack Tracker. So, uh, let's talk about these cards. Um, Ian, there, there were, similar to Explorer Anthologies, uh, there were some buckets that these kind of fell into? Yeah. Um, some things are, are trying to hit, like, interesting play space things that a lot of times someone tried to play with in paper but memory issues or something prevented them um a whole lot of alchemy cards are a thing someone play tested in paper and went ah it's just a little bit too cumbersome to do when you've got to track all this information yourself mm -hmm. uh and then alchemy makes that automatic and you get to have uh cards like our first card well, let's look at our first card. It's called Lonely End. So one and a black for an instant. Choose one. Target creature gets minus three, minus three until end of turn. 
or remove three loyalty counters from Target Planeswalker. And if you weren't the starting player, you gain two life. So Ian, this looks like it's playing in design space that was started with Forsaken Crossroads. Yeah, um, part of the thought there, honestly, is that a lot of arena is played best of one. Uh, and being able to weight things a little bit so that there's some advantages to not being the starting player is something we've thought about as we built alchemy cards. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something Dave Humphreys, one of the Studio X designers who's been involved in all of alchemy so far, uh, was really interested in from the start. And this card kind of plays in that same space. Yeah. Now, um, one of the questions that I've definitely seen from chat um, and uh, in relation to Forsaken Crossroads is if, if you're playing about a game, is there any sort of marker as to whether you were the first player or not? Can you hover over this card? Is there any sort of helper that way? Yep. If you, if you uh, mouse over the card, you'll get a little hanger that pops up that lets you know if you were the first player or not. Um, in the case of Forsaken Crossroads, it'll actually uh, call itself out that like the scry ability is the only one that works mm -hmm. when you're trying to play it. With this one, uh, it'll just have a little little, little hanger that hangs over it that lets you know whether you're going to get two life or not. Cool. All right, let's look at our next preview card from the Brothers War Alchemy set: Argivian Welcome. So this is white and a blue. You already have my attention, thank you. Uh, it's an instant, destroy up to one target creature with power four or greater, and then choose a non-land card in your hand. It perpetually gains flash. All right, Ian, tell us what this card's accomplishing. Um, I mean, this card is a pretty clear attempt to boost uh, blue-white control and alchemy right now. This is, a, this is a swing at something people might play in constructed deck. Uh, the uh, removal, if they've got a target for it, is great. Being able to perpetually give flash to something in your hand is something most control decks uh, wish they could do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a nice utility card that uh, has a variety of great effects. All right. uh, because it's up to one and choose, you can always do either or. This can be the last card in your hand. If there's nothing to choose, that's mm -hmm. fine not targeted it's an up to one target creature so if you don't have any creatures you want to target it that side still works yeah no i actually play um i play a bit of alchemy myself and i play esper the diviner of fates deck and i i definitely see this as a strong sideboard card there if i could play my diviner of fate as an instant i would be so happy so i'm going to try that out all right, last card for Brothers War Alchemy, and then we are going to dive into uh, talking about alchemy generally, uh, is Crucius, Titan of the Wave. So I'm going I'm to read this card first, and then we're going to talk about who Crucius is. One black and a red for a 3-3 legendary creature human pirate. Uh, at the beginning of your end step, you may discard a card. If you do, create a treasure token and choose Ambitious or Expedient. If you choose Ambitious, seek a card with greater mana value than the discarded card. If you choose Expedient, seek a card with lesser mana value than the discarded card. Uh, okay, a lot of applications here, Ian, but I, I had this question. I learned something before the stream. Ian, who is Crucius? 
Uh, Crucius is probably better known uh, as Bolivar, one of Urza's nine titans. Yeah, so this is kind of like young Bolivar. Exactly, yeah. Before he, before he went legit and became a businessman, Bolivar was, uh, was a pirate. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, the Brothers War tabletop set was full of nostalgic cuts. This looks like one of those. Uh, does the Alchemy set play up more of those? Uh, it does. One of the really fun things about Alchemy, Alchemy is always made after the tabletop set is, is fully wrapped. Um, so one of the things we like to do is look for legendary creatures or bits of the story that didn't get as much time as we might have hoped in the tabletop set and mm -hmm. call out those things. You know, bring back uh, creatures that you might have missed out on or characters uh, but uh, or, or story moments and being able to do Bolivar as a young man was definitely something that was a fun nod and you can expect a few more of these from the rest of the alchemy drop okay all right um okay and those <clears throat> alchemy cards again drop december 13th there will be more previews coming up uh make sure to follow all of our various arena social medias for that uh, now, let's transition a little bit because uh, Kiritz isn't here just to be a pretty face. Uh, he is here um, because we are going to talk about Alchemy generally. It's been about a year since Alchemy launched, and I know the team has learned a lot and um, has a lot of stuff that they want to share and questions they want to answer. So, uh, Kiritz, let's just start generally. We're, we're a year in. How are you feeling about alchemy? What are some of the lessons you've learned? So, uh, would <clears throat> alchemy in in its first year is doing pretty well. Uh, we've we've had a launch goal when we launched this set to we want uh, an evolving format that has a lot of diversity in decks and as a place that people can come back to over time mm -hmm. when maybe either because it's exciting and it's always changing or because maybe their primary format is you know getting a little long in the tooth and they just want to change a pace mm -hmm. in that regard alchemy's done pretty well we see that uh you know in some of the numbers and we have uh some stuff to that we can show uh that i brought um we also wanted to make sure that we had a, a place to deliver some uh cards that may not otherwise make sense on on arena and when we mm -hmm. talk about that we look at you know historic Baldur's gate and uh you know lord of the rings next year where you know, without, a, uh, we wanted more reach. And so, you know, those could go directly into historic, uh, but there's a lot of players and we see that with, you know, uh, the players that we have that, you know, historic is a, a subset of players, but not everybody is into that. Not everybody wants to, to dig through the, the full catalog of every card on arena to be able to participate. Mm -hmm. So alchemy is a way for us to be able to expand a reach of these products and, and cards and, and bring more fun to players. So can you, uh, dig a little bit more into that because I, I know one of the criticisms of alchemy has been uh, why does this exist just just players not understanding and, and when we rolled it out we had to be cagey about some things yeah. so can you dive a little bit more into that yeah so uh, when we rolled out alchemy last year we knew that we were going to have our drop that was related to you know midnight hunt and, and crimson vow uh, but we weren't ready yet to announce historic Baldur's Gate. We weren't ready to talk about Lord of the Rings as being part of that. So one of the opportunities and one of the reasons, you know, we wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, where we're at one year in is to, to 
you know, reiterate that, hey, this this was always part of the plan. And I think what when we rolled it out kind of piecemeal, we weren't able to articulate exactly what our vision was mm -hmm. for this. So you had uh, some assumptions that were made like, oh, this is only going to be or primarily going to be about uh, rebalancing standard cards. Uh, when in reality, there was a lot that we wanted uh, Alchemy to do and we wanted it to have its its own identity be uh, different from anything else that we've offered before uh, in Magic, really. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if, if we if we could have been, you know, go back in time and had the ability to talk about everything, I think we would have set a different kind of tone and expectation for what we were trying to do. Uh, and then maybe well, better, well let's do that. Way. Let's do that now. If you if you could now with all the information that's known, um, what would you say is sort of the succinct vision for alchemy? Uh, so I still think it's it's uh, the the vision is we want a uh, really diverse uh, and uh, evolving format that changes at a different pace than than tabletop mm -hmm. formats. And is a home for a wide variety of cards and decks. I mean, okay. that's for me. That's the primary goal. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, now one so. of the things you mentioned in there was diversity, and I think yeah. um, one of the charts that you brought along with you for show and tell uh, speaks a little bit to that. So, if producer can Sean can producer Sean can throw up that bar graph. Um, yeah. Tell us a little bit about what story this tells. So when we talk about where. Uh, Alchemy has been successful. Uh, one of the places it's been very successful is is in deck diversity. So what this is looking at is uh, on the left you have uh, standard decks. If the how much of the the meta or games played are the top ten decks in, in these two formats, uh, and then we also split it up to be uh, on the latter by oh let's look at plat everybody you know platinum diamond and mythic, and then let's just look at at, at mythic only. And so when we look at uh, standard, we see that, you know, the top 10 decks make up about 43% of the platinum and, and beyond meta. And it's closer to 48% of the, of the mythic meta. So you're going to see those 10 decks a lot. When we look at alchemy in the same light, when you're looking at platinum and beyond, it's just over 20%. It's about 22% of uh, the meta is those 10 decks. Uh, and then it bumps up to about 31% of the meta for uh, Mythic Plus, uh, which means that over the course of playing, if you're playing a lot, you're going to see just many different decks over, over the course of the, the time you're playing in, in, in the day or over the course of the week. Yep. So I think we've, we've done a really good job on having a lot of range available, a bunch of different decks that people can play, a bunch of archetypes. Uh, and that was one of the things that we really wanted to lean into with Alchemy, and I think we've done a good job there. Yep. Now, okay, so another, I, I want to jump to the next chart because chat's going off on a thing and I'd like to uh, at least share some more information. Uh, so this is the main format of constructed play and ladder. So this is a percent by player or play. What Can you describe what this chart is showing? Yeah, so this is, uh, of the of the four main formats, which are, you know, standard historic alchemy uh, explorer, uh, if those formats are 100%, what percentages of of play in that day is each of those formats? Mm -hmm. So uh, the top line is standard. Standard's always been our most popular format, continues to be our most popular format. We see the vast majority of play there. Mm -hmm. uh, historic is the next one. Uh, and 
since its launch, Historic has been growing over time and it continues to grow. It is the place where, hey, you can play anything you've ever collected. It's got its own robust driving um, meta and there's a lot of cool things that can happen. Uh, you can see some bumps in the in the graph where, oh, a set releases and something changes or, you know, uh, a historic anthologies comes out or something, you see some change. Mm -hmm. uh, the gray line is uh, Alchemy, again, which is sitting, you know, below uh, Historic. Uh, and then you have uh, Explorer as the, the, the growing format that we're trying to build right now. Okay. Uh, I think the interesting thing here is when we talk about where does, uh, you know, something like Alchemy sit, uh, you see when Historic, uh, I put some lines in there, the vertical lines are when sets have released. And the first one is Historic, uh, or sorry, uh, Baldur's Gate. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can see when Baldur's Gate is out, hey, there's there's something new to do. It's fun. It's a good change of place. Uh, we're going to play that for a while. And then when rotation happens and Standard comes out, we, we see people going back to standard uh, mm -hmm. and, and playing there. Uh, we can see that a little bit with Explorer too. Uh, the second one is the uh, first Explorer anthology uh, and it comes out and we see a, a spike in play. And then, you know, the standard uh, set for uh, Dominar United comes out and people go back to playing standard. So in all very healthy, I think um, we always expected the kind of the formats to coalesce around some striation of this uh but this is where we're at okay so that that sort of speaks back to the vision you were articulating earlier that alchemy is is a place where people can go once they've explored standard fully and they they feel they want something else it's a it's a gap filler in a way right and that's why we always do when we talk about the you know the alchemy releases for a set they're always about a month after because we want people to who are really interested in standard to engage in standard get the fill of that release uh enjoy it uh and then you know about a month later give or take depending on exactly when in our release cycle it falls there's mm -hmm. a new way to to uh a play there's more cards and, and more to explore so that was always part of what we were trying to do Okay. Now, we, we've talked a little bit about some of the good things that Alchemy does and um, some of your goals and vision. Uh, what are some of the challenges you've encountered or, or things you've learned along the way that we've, we've pivoted on? Uh, there's a, well, there's a couple things. Uh, one, we're always learning. Like we do, we, this was, was new to everybody, something we hadn't done before. And so we're always going to learn from, from our mistakes and, and mm -hmm. uh, iterate on what we've done and, and change. So uh, you know, one of the things I work with the team very, very much on is, all right, how do we continue to improve and get better over time? Uh, and I think we're doing that. I think we've seen that with some of the changes in uh, what's what's in in the alchemy in in the alchemy release. You know, what's the mix of you know rares and mythic rares and uncommons? Mm -hmm. uh, adding uh, as part of the release a draft component, right? So we adjust we add add a draft so you can play with the alchemy cards in a draft format and and collect and experience that mm -hmm. like you would a normal set which i think was super important and those uh you know alchemy drafts end up putting us again a different flavor on something that exists and mm -hmm. allows people to, to engage more uh and have fun uh and continue while collecting cards and, and building the alchemy collection uh so that's i think you know, continuing to evolve, continuing to understand, all right, what's working, what's not working, what are we going to, what are we going to tweak? Um, 
you know, including alchemy with the, you know, the golden packs is another part of always evolving. And Mm -hmm. let's make sure that when you're, when you're picking up packs that you feel like you, you know, getting value out of your, your purchases and and getting Mm -hmm. what you want to want to get. It's, you know, part of, part of this whole, you know, experiment and learn is why golden packs exist. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we are going to get to Q and a in a couple moments. I did have a, a couple questions. I still wanted to throw up before we get to chat questions. Yeah. Um, Ian, uh, Kiritz has talked a bit about, you know, some of the learnings on the, the format as a whole and packs, that sort of thing. What about on the design side of things? What have we learned about designing alchemy cards? For sure. Um, I think we've learned on on two axes with design. Uh, there's the alchemy original cards, and there's uh, rebalanced cards. Mm-hmm. The two uh, ways that we can do that. The biggest things I think we've learned about direct alchemy cards is uh, trying to find that sweet spot between something novel and new that we can do in digital, and cards that are just a little bit too complicated and wordy like there are things that we can pull off but um the way arena's rule engine works really does work off the words on the card Mm -hmm. uh you you can't just have the card say something very general and then like behind the scenes the card's programmed to do a thing it really does run down those words and turn them into rules and then run through those rules uh and that led to definitely a handful of cards that we're like, yeah, the computer can do that, but you need a lot of words to make the computer do that. And it, mm-hmm. it reads well to better to the computer than it does to human beings sometimes. Uh, and there's definitely been a concerted effort to get these cards into a place where they, the complexity level is closer to what you would expect from a tabletop card. Mm-hmm. Um, on the rebalance side, I think we've learned a lot we've been pretty successful at being able to take archetypes and deck themes that didn't quite hit in standard and uh push a little here and you know raise a a stat there drop a cost a little bit and uh make some archetypes that never really saw that much play in standard actually hit in alchemy Mm -hmm. Um, and fine-tuning that and being able to do it while nudging fewer cards has definitely been valuable. Uh, we've we've leaned much, much harder into buffs than nerfs. That's something that we've seen is really valuable. It's been a lot more interesting to mm-hmm. add to the cards that are competitive than it is to pull a card back. Um, and we've also seen the value in, uh, and it's, this is something people can expect going forward, with rotation, the cards injuring historic are going to be evaluated again. And in most cases, uh, cards that were problematic in standard and saw a nerf will be reverted back to the original text. There have already been exceptions. You know, Winota is a card that even now in historic is going to keep its alchemy text because the card is just brutally It's a strong good. card. Um, it's a strong card. Yeah. People, yeah. It's a, it's People a just die to um, that card, yeah. Turns uh, didn't need the help of having... Um, Oh, I'm blanking on the name of the Nexus card. Nexus of Fate. Epiphany. Allrun's Epiphany. Allrun's Epiphany. Yeah. Allrun's Epiphany kept its nerf when it rotated into Historic because it was just like, the turns deck is doing fine. Yeah. It does not need uh, that card to be even stronger. Um, I am going to jump uh, into one of the questions somebody put in chat just because it's super topical. Um, when, when you're looking at design, 
I'm, I'm going to sort of shorten the question. Uh, it's a very good question, but it's, it's a little long. Uh, what have you learned about spellbook uh, cards and designs? Um, spellbooks have been an interesting challenge. One of the main goals of spellbooks has always been that there's not like seven whiffs and three big hits. Mm -hmm. Like it was, it was always a goal that like when you use a spell book, you get three options and you should in general, there might be like a variety of utility. There might be some lower cost and higher cost cards, but there shouldn't be like, these don't do anything. You know, these are bears and this is platinum angel in the same spell book that that's always been a conscious effort not to have like, this is the one that wins the game from the spell book. Uh, so far. I think knowing the right size of the spellbook has been valuable. We think, in general, 10 cards has been about the right number. It keeps the variance from getting too high, uh, 10 to 15. Um, and yeah, I think getting better at making sure that while we add variance, the cards are different cards and they play differently, we're not adding a huge amount of randomness where, you know, sometimes you get trash and sometimes you get incredible mythics that just went on the spot. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, I'm also seeing a bunch of questions uh, in chat about, are we going to do this? What about this? What about this? So um, be before we get to those specific questions, Kiritz, do you want to talk about anything that um, is kind of in the near future? What lies ahead? Um, so I, I think we have a, kind of the basic blue blueprint of how we like the alchemy to work. Um, so we're going to continue to release uh, alchemy uh, sets to, to go along with this, the standard premier sets. We've already talked a little bit about uh, rather than having a historic Baldur's Gate, or sorry, I can't historic Baldur's Gate because it's HBG and the H gets me as historic. Yep, yep. It's not. It's alchemy horizons Baldur's Gate. Uh, so with... Baldur's Gate, we did, a, we did an experiment where it was, hey, we're going to take some things that may not work because they were, it was a commander-based set mm -hmm. and kind of adapt them for our, for our world. For yeah. you know, Lord of the Rings, we're, we don't plan on doing that. We're going to just take the set um, and add it. And then we're going to, again, the, the thing that I will promise is we're going to continue to evolve and iterate as we, hey, this isn't working, this is working. Let's uh, continue to grow the format in the way that you know, people are excited about. So, All right. um, yeah, and then we, we already talked about it. You know, the one thing that probably would be a question is, hey, it, when uh, the Brothers War Alchemy packs come out, are they going to contribute to Golden Packs? And they absolutely will. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. All right. I'm furiously writing down a bunch of questions. So there are some great questions in chat. I'm way behind. So we're going to try to get to as many of these as we can. We have about 24 minutes left in the stream. So um, let's start with this one. There's actually a couple similar questions all in this same space. Uh, so I'm going to read a couple and you can sort of talk about this, this space. But anyway, uh, so one question was, Golden Packs are a great addition. Are there versions planned to help Explorer or Historic? Uh, there were also questions, are there more Historic anthologies planned? Uh, and then a related question that may be slightly different, but um, would you ever do a Historic Brawl drop 
with commander cards. For example, the example they used were the, uh, the Urza and Mishra from the commander decks in um, uh, Brothers War Commander. So it, kind of like, how, how, do we have any other <clears throat> things to support, explorer, historic, that sort of deal? Uh, so I will, let me start with the, there's kind of two components to that. There's one, the, the Golden Packs one, and then there's kind of what, what do we plan on doing in the future? Mm -hmm. um, so Golden Packs, we're still early in the experiment. We're, we're pleased with where it's going, and, and we're still learning, though. So we're not, we don't have anything specific to announce about, hey, what changes are we going to have, or, or how does it, what is this going to look like moving forward outside of we want to continue to see how it goes over the course of Brothers War and adding Alchemy Brothers War and, and that and see, and see where we mm -hmm. end up there. Um, we have, I, I will say this, we have ideas, but we need some of the data to come back, and we're still very early. It's been only two weeks or so. Yeah. Two and a half weeks. Uh, so just super early, but we're encouraged. We'll, we'll leave it at that. Okay. Um, for some of the other things, I will never say never on a lot of things, right? So when we talk about is, could, would we consider doing uh, an anthologies for something like Historic Brawl? I, I think so. I think there's some really interesting sp yeah. space there. We've, Go for ahead. what it's worth, we have put uh, Commander Deck cards into Historic Anthologies more than mm -hmm. once. Uh, that's that's a thing that we've done in the past. We've never done one, like an entire anthology just targeted at Brawl, but I've, most historic anthologies have at least a couple cards that are pretty clearly targeted more at, uh, at Brawl than they are at competitive historic play. Yeah. Uh, and I don't uh, expect to see that change. Yeah. Okay. I think one of the things in there that's worth calling out is... Uh, there are a lot of ways and a lot of different types of player who play magic and even arena, mm -hmm. you know, even as a, you know, kind of a subset of what's all available in, in magic. And so when we're taking, when we're approaching things, we're trying to figure out who is, who is it for and how can we reach the most people? So when we look at an anthology, we're not, we typically aren't going to be, Oh, this is the historic brawl anthology. And it's isolated to that because it limits some of the audience. Um, so we're going to try and, and make bigger, broader things. Is there something here for you? Even if you don't get the anthologies or a card that you want to craft because it fits into a, your deck or whatever. So we're, we're going to continue to, to try and be as broad as possible. Now, not everything is going to be a, a broad swing. I will talk, you know, golden packs again, a little bit was very specifically for, I am a player who loves constructed and I don't love playing limited. Mm -hmm. How do I get cards, you know, more in line with what, what, I would get if I was a drafter. Mm -hmm. I think that was a very targeted swing, and and it's again we're we're pretty encouraged by where that's going. So there there was there's this push and pull around. All right, how targeted can anything be? Yeah. And then also, how do we reach as many players as possible so everybody or more people are excited by something that we're working on? Makes sense. Um, all right, popular question, uh, and, and I know you've gotten this before, so uh, stop me if you've heard this one, but it, it is a good question. Uh, do we have a timeline on default lands and card styles? Uh, we have an internal timeline. Uh, we did talk. <laughs> we talked about it last time I was here, and it's we coming. And it's still. Yep. It is still coming. Uh, I don't want to put too much pressure on the the development team, but if everything goes well, it should be early next year. Okay. All right. Um, we've also had a bunch of questions about Gladiator. Uh, a lot of players seem to really enjoy Gladiator. I know we just had that um, 
I think you could play anything, Gladiator event. How do you all think about Gladiator? Um, is it in line for a permanent queue? Or are you still testing? What are your thoughts on Gladiator? I don't know if you have, if you have thoughts, Ian. I mean, yeah, um, I I'm a big fan of Gladiator. Uh, I like playing it. I know a lot of folks from Gladiator Discord. Um, I'm a pretty regular visitor there, checking in with people and saying hello. Uh, I I think that it is important in some ways that Gladiator remains a community supported and community-driven format. Um, that doesn't mean that we can't, I mean, obviously, we can run Gladiator events and we can have Gladiator and Arena. Uh, I think there are some meaningful uh, things that need to, would need to be solved before there could be like a permanent Gladiator queue that was managed by the community in a way that was responsive and uh, kept the the soul of that community alive. Um, but every time we've run Gladiator, it's got, it's done very well. Uh, the community's had a great response. The queue has been very popular. Uh, and, you know, to, to quote Rosewater, success breeds repetition. I don't see us suddenly going, no, that popular thing that does well every time <laughs> we do it, let's stop doing it for no good reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think there, there are a number of, sort of philosophical and logistical questions to solve between now and making it a permanent queue. But it's something you're open to. Yeah. I mean yeah. it's I it's clearly successful and I I would be I would be totally shocked if this was the last time you saw Gladiator on Arena. I cool. I would definitely uh, expect to see it again. Uh I'm gonna take this next question because this is not on you guys. Can you put the top weekly alchemy deck lists on magic.gg? So we do that currently for like standard. Um, the problem with alchemy is on the website side um, in importing uh, card data, essentially from digital only cards. Uh, it is something that we are working on and we'd like to do. And um, if, if and when the website is able to do it, I'm, I'm sure the arena team's ready to supply us that data. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. So um, we want to do it. We want to do it. We're just, we're working on it. Um, okay, next question. I think this one's for Ian. Um, sounds like someone is a Goblin Trapmaster fan. And so they asked generally, what are the thoughts on combo in Alchemy? And is it safe to craft Goblin Trapmaster. Uh, I am not aware of any upcoming nerfs to Goblin Trapmaster. At the same time, uh, I'm not Donald, who is the person in charge of nerfs. Um, mm -hmm. I, the general feeling on combo is that as long as we are in the world that we're in right now with a lot of deck diversity and uh, a healthy meta, that you know the existence of combo in magic is not in and of itself a problem it's not something that uh, i think wizard sees as something that we have to eliminate at every turn mm -hmm. uh when combo becomes hard to interact with or unreasonably 
dominant in the meta that it's in, that's when we tend to react to it. Mm -hmm. Yep, makes sense. Um, all right, let's go back to the golden packs. Um, so, Kiritz, is there a plan to enable golden packs for old pack purchases? Please, please, I want to buy some Ikoria packs. Uh, like I said, we're still early, so we haven't made any decisions on how we want to advance it. We need to, to have more time to understand the, how are people interacting with it, what does it mean. So, again, mm -hmm. won't, say, won't say never, but right now we don't have a, a current plan to do that. Um, right. When we look at the full set of data here in a few weeks or early next year as we, we roll into, you know, one, we'll have more information. But, again, we're going to continue to evaluate and see how it goes. But, um, you know, we've talked about what that would look like. There's some challenges when we look at, you know, what's, uh, you know, who are things for and how they interact with them and will they be satisfied with what, what that would do uh, in the way they would do it. So, like, if I'm buying, you know, an old pack – uh, and getting standard cards is that fulfilling? So those yeah. are some challenges that we've we've talked about, and and we don't have answers for yet. But we've we've certainly talked about what it would look like if we were to expand it. All right. Uh, next question. Uh, we've had, gotten this one a couple times. What are the odds that the Transformers cards that were released as part of Bro uh, would come to Arena? Uh, I go can, ahead. You can probably see like. There are Transformers here behind me. I was on the team that designed the Transformers cards. Uh, so believe me, if it were at all reasonable or possible, I would have loved to do it. Uh, there was, it was just not viable with uh, the workload that we had on the team. Uh, living metal and more than meets the eye in and of themselves were a significant amount of work. And then several of the cards had mechanics that we just weren't able to support. Uh, I, I really assure you, no one is more disappointed by the fact that we couldn't do that than I am. But I don't have an official announcement. If you are a Transformers fan, we hope to have an announcement here soon that will make you happy. All right. Um, this is a clarification question from something Kyrus was talking about earlier. Uh, the question is, so every card in the Lord of the Rings set will come to Arena? Correct. Uh, Ian may have more information here, but that's my under that's our target is we want Lord of the yeah. Rings, the, the main Lord of the Rings set to arrive on arena as you would experience it in tabletop. Okay. Yep. Uh, and just like any other set, if there are ancillary, you know, uh, when, when we release a set, if there are cards that are not part of the same legality as the core set, Arena doesn't tend to do those. Right. Mm -hmm. Everything that is the same legality as the core set will come to Arena. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, questions about when the next uh, BNR announcement will be. I don't think we have anything on the radar right now. Yeah, we're we're all shaking our heads. I'm I'm not aware I'm, of anything. I'm not aware yet. of anything. Yeah. Um. All right. Then this is more a comment that I've seen a couple times in various forms. Uh, people seem to be a fan of buffing cards over nerfing to your comment you made earlier, Ian, about preferring that. I, I agree with you. <laughs> right. uh, I, am, I am not part of the design team, but when I've talked with the, 
the group about it. That's again where where we've leaned is like how do we make more cards more exciting, and that includes like looking for opportunities to make buffs and changes that are like, mm-hmm. oh, this is positive. When we uh, we talk about lo- well, uh, wanting uh, players to have collections, this is one of the reasons we we want to be able to support collections is, hey, when something changes, when something becomes awesome, we want you to be able to pull it out of your collection and have fun with it. Yeah, makes sense. Um, all right, speaking of... Actually, this is that's a terrible transition to this question. Um, but I, I'm seeing a lot of questions about when um, you're targeting Explorer to be Pioneer, essentially. And I, I know we've, we talked about this before when we kind of announced Explorer, but can you talk a little bit about that, the, the target, and, and your thoughts on that? Uh, we don't have a target date. Uh, we do know that it's going to be you know, measured in, in a few years, not in, you know, it's not happening next year. Mm-hmm. Um, we have uh, a, a rough roadmap that includes, you know, what are opportunities like, um, and we, we, we've announced it, uh, you know, the Shadows Over Innistrad remastered, where are some other spots for some remasters that make sense, and where do they fit into the, the schedule? Mm-hmm. Uh, because that's always going to be part of this with the, the product line we have, when, when can we fit things in? Um, you know, the nice thing about something like uh, Shadows Over Innistrad was, hey, Brothers War forced us to solve a problem uh, with Shadows Over Innistrad. So it made it much more reasonable to be like, all right, we're doing this for sure. With, with Rat, that's um, now the, the, the name of the meld oh, no. uh, was, yeah, a big, yeah. w- w- was a big outlier. So uh, with Brothers War, we have now solved that problem. And now when we look at the set, there's a lot it's a lot more reasonable to be like, oh, we can actually, you know, fit this in our, our, our busy schedule. So mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. We're, we're looking for opportunities like that as we look at, you know, the upcoming roadmap. What are some synergies that show up? And we're like, oh, this makes sense now. We can do set X uh, more easily. And so we'll look at, at a spot to put it in. So uh, we're going to continue to approach that. And then um, I know that if it's not in, in the questions yet, I'm assuming it's coming. Uh, we haven't ruled out the idea of a Pioneer's Masters, but we just don't have it on the schedule yet. Okay. Well, and the other, um, I think we talked about this during the announcement too, the other tricky thing about saying, this is the date where Explorer will match Pioneer is, you know, Pioneer is an evolving format that gets new cards and um, there are additional things. There was, um, I remember with the last Explorer Anthology drop or history, I forget which one it was, there were a lot of people asking, where's Monastery Swift Spear? Where's Monastery Swift Spear? And we couldn't say at the time, Right. Brothers War, it's actually coming. Um, right. Yeah. So that yes. that sort of stuff makes an exact timeline a little weird. And, you know, will the Pioneer metagame look the same this time next year? Will something reemerge that wasn't um, on the radar before? So uh, it's a good question, but also a tricky one to answer, I think. Yeah. Uh, if I could quickly add a thing to that. Yeah. We've please. talked in the past. I've specifically called out, you know, even when it doesn't look like I'm working on Pioneer with card development, we are working on Pioneer. When we did uh, Jumpstart Historic Horizons, that's when we introduced Delirium, and that's mm-hmm. when we got Madness working. And now we're doing Shadows Over Innistrad Remastered, which would not have been, uh, would not have fit in the very busy schedule we have coming up if we hadn't finished those mechanics in other sets. Yeah. Uh, being able to make more mechanics and cards work going back 
makes those uh, backlist sets much easier to fit into our schedule. Uh, all right. Uh, there is a question. I don't believe we've said this publicly, um, but the question is, is there a release date for Shadows Over Innistrad Remastered? Uh, we have a date that we're targeting, but we don't have a date to announce. Uh, I can't remember what we said officially about it. It's the first half of next year. I know that. Yeah. I believe that's what we've said. Uh, let's see. Oh, yeah. Um, so there was another question, and, and maybe this is for you, Ian. I don't know if any of this has been discussed, but is there any chance in your estimation that some alchemy cards uh, could make their way to paper event eventually? Their, their question was, uh, like Divine Purge, for example. Um, I am definitely on the side of that would be very cool. Uh, I, I would love to see something like that done. Uh, it would need the right product to take it, and it would need the right card. Uh, but there are definitely some of them that I think you could make work for sure. I know I happen to know some people who have uh, worked very hard to figure out how to play alchemy cards in paper. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, it's. I think. It, I think it would be really exciting to see that kind of thing happen mm -hmm. I'm... all right um okay here's another question i think we've seen a number of times to see if uh, any of this is on your radar um the question is what about reprints in arena uh the example they use i bought a thalia from anthologies back in the day and then i opened the thalia reprint um, when it was in standard, uh, now I have five copies of Thalia sitting in my collection. Any plans on changing that? Uh, we know, I don't have anything specific to talk about today. We know that if that is a concern, uh, we've talked about it, but we don't have an targeted like, oh, this will be fixed in this way at this time. Okay. Um, all right, I'm gonna ask, I'm gonna, this is, this is somebody raising a, not a question, but a point. Uh, to take back to your team. Uh, on the Arena Set Collections tab, it says Brothers War was released on September 15th, 2022. Shouldn't it be October? Also, DMU says it was released earlier than it was. I believe the same with Baldur's Gate. Just trying to help out the Arena team. Yeah, great. We'll talk with the team and see what's going on there. <laughs> All right. Should have the accurate dates. If it doesn't, we'll fix it. All right. Uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. All right. I think we're going to end it there. We only have about five minutes left. Um, and I do want to take the time just to, uh, for those who stuck around, to go back through the preview cards one more time before we're out. Uh, so I'll, producer Sean will pull those up. I'm surprising him with this. Uh, you know, he, he didn't know. There we go. Oh, look at that. We put them together on the same slide. Uh, producer Sean's so He's good at his job. He's so good at his job. All right. Uh, so these are the three cards out of um, a total of 24 or 25, depending on how you look at it, uh, that we have revealed from Explorer Anthology 2, Revector Mage, Thought Not Seer, and Mutavolt. Uh, Wastes is also part of that um, release, but is not, you don't need to purchase the drop to get Wastes. Wastes just come to everyone. 
Um, and then for Brothers War Alchemy, look at that. Lonely End, Argivian Welcome, and Crucius, also known as Baby Bolivar, Titan of the Waves. Um, all coming. Both of these drops release December 13th. Uh, Brothers War Alchemy has a total of 30 cards, and Explorer Anthology 2 has 24 spells, again, plus wastes, which everyone will get, irrespective of if you dry, buy the bundle or not. The bundle for EA2 is 4,000 gems or 25,000 gold, which gets you a playset of all four copies of the card. Um, next week on Weekly MTG, we have a big show. We have our first look at Phyrexia All Will Be One. We'll have some previews for that set. Um, we'll talk a little bit about March of the Machines as well. Just a little, little tidbit here or there. Um, and we'll talk a little bit more about what the holidays are going to look like. Uh, but I also want to thank Kiritz and Ian for joining us today to talk about alchemy. We'll, guys, we'll have you guys back um, before the two-year anniversary of alchemy for sure uh, <laughs> to talk more about that format and other things going on in Arena. Uh, thank you, everyone in chat. Sorry we couldn't get to all of your questions. There were a bunch of great questions about Arena, uh, and hopefully we'll be able to get to them next time. Or you can check in with us on the Magic the Gathering Discord. Uh, or our various social media platforms, and I know our community managers will be happy to answer some of your questions as well. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've been Blake, and we'll see you next week.